My name is Dr. Michael Brown, and this is Three Words, a bite-sized podcast about the simple and yet strategic choices that all of us can make in order to become the very best version of ourselves. Today in the studio for the very first time is none other than Dr. Sean Kramer, who just finished his doctorate in leadership. He's also an innovation lab leader, a father, a husband, and a tremendous thought leader. He's a counselor to me. He's a mentor in my life. And today we talk about creativity. We talk about courage and how they intersect. In fact, that creativity takes courage. So whether you think you're a creative person or not, this is going to be a great episode for you to tap into to become the better version of yourself and actually think about what are the risks I need to take to be the most creative person I can. Listen in. Sean, it is awesome to have you in the Three Words Podcast studio today. You flew from Orlando, Florida to Northwest Ohio to be in the studio with me today. And we've never sat in a formal conversation in front of the camera. And I'm so excited to share you with the world because you and I have conversations. We have for the past 10 years as we've cultivated our friendship. And I'm so excited to be able to have a conversation with you of this significance and this magnitude with people listening in. So here are three words for today, my friend. Creativity takes courage. Creativity, great word, takes courage, another power word. Why is this phrase so important to you? It's so important to me. With DMB Coaching, we often talk about our funeral journal, what matters at the end of our life. When you ask people that question, they inevitably talk about relationships. They might talk about a location they'd like to go, but then that third thing that they almost always mention is something that they wish that they created, whether it was a memory, something more in the fine arts, a novel, something like that. But there's almost something, there's something deep within us that's driven to create. I agree with that. And creativity is who we were created to be, right? To be creative creatures and to be innovative and to be thinking uh, beyond ourselves and actually to design. I mean, when you meet a creative person, you're like, wow, this is awesome. But why does it require courage? Yeah, that's a great question. Right now, it's easier and harder than ever before to create. But why it takes requires courage is because we have things that are going against us. The first is social media, the fact that we are so quick to give criticism. And so within COVID, my daughter was in the third grade, and she was posting her artwork on class. And then the teacher thought, oh, people could comment on that live. And the teacher didn't realize she basically just introduced social media to these third graders. But then what my daughter began doing is saying, oh, I wonder what people are saying about it. So that instant uh, criticism, and also that's the culture, never read the comments, that's right, on social media, because they're always those that are cowardly and are criticizing that which they're not creating. Wow, that's brilliant. And it's true because if I'm creating something and I'm putting it out there for the world to see, probably 80 to 90% of people are saying, that's not as good as I thought it would be, or you missed something, or you need to correct that, or that's wrong, or even worse, you're stupid. Interesting, Sean, to connect this idea of creativity, creative license with what the world is saying about it, particularly through the social media channels. Um, Other ways that you see courage playing in. Well, we're also in a unique cultural moment that dismantling is in vogue. So it's very much a type of deconstruction and, and dismantling. But that's a that's part of the learning journey, right? When you start with an orientation, move to disorientation, and then reorientation. But people are getting lost with just a dismantled group of just pieces lying there. One time I, when I was growing up, my brother's BB gun broke. 
And I thought, oh, I'll take this apart and fix it. Well, I couldn't find the right screw to take part of the butt of the gun off that I could see the pieces. So I just had a hole and I shook it and all the pieces came out. And I realized there's no way that I could put this back together. Mm. So to this day, it's, who knows, somewhere in the dump. And some people are sitting in that same places with their lives and some theories and topics that they're dismantling. They don't have the courage then that it takes to put something else out there. Or to even put it all back together, as you described. And so I think in many ways we think about our lives, there's probably things that we want to try. There's creative ideas that pop into our mind, and we probably more often than not are saying, "Mm, no. And typically it's tied to a fear of failure. Mm -hmm. Um, It's probably tied in some ways to a fear of critique. What if it's not good enough? You hinted to this earlier, but this idea of comparison. Because if I'm going to create something, now immediately – particularly the internet, I can compare it to all these other things that are at least within the genre or that kind of category that I'm creating. And it requires tremendous amount of courage to say, you know what? It doesn't need to be the best. It doesn't need to be the most. It doesn't even need to be as ingenious as I would have thought it was. It's mine. I own it. It's my creativity. And I actually like it. But what happens is we're always looking around saying, what do you think? And what do you think? And... What are your thoughts? And even at the deeper level, am I okay? That's deep. That's deep. Thoughts about that? I mean, obviously, you had to be courageous. You're a very creative person. So are there specific examples where you're like, I wanted to create something, but I was a little bit nervous and maybe not cowardice, because that's not who you are. I've known you for years. But just like, wow, I actually want to do this thing, but I'm wondering more than I should. How will it be perceived? I don't know if one ever gets beyond that. Because if creativity is the core of who we are as humans, then our identity is really close to it. It's not tied to it, but it's very close to it. The problem is when it becomes absolutely tied. So I don't think we ever get beyond that, that temptation to think I am what I create. Ooh, when I talk a lot about identity. And so actually we did an episode recently on confidence. And, you know, one of the things that I like to think about is identity. And particularly, the only way that I can experience true confidence is to have an identity separated from my performance, an identity separate from my accomplishments. And what you've just proposed to us is an identity that is not connected to our creativity. I like how you said it, though. It's close, but not intertwined. Because it's true. If I'm creating something and it's really coming from inside of me, that probably actually has more vulnerability around it than even an accomplishment or a performance of sorts and, and what, how I do in my job, job satisfaction in, in the corporate world or in my career, right? So I think you were really insightful, Sean, and I appreciate that thought, that creativity, because at first when we proposed those three words, I'm like, what's so courageous about mm-hmm. being creative? And I think you just hit the nail on the head when you connected it very closely side by side with our identity. I'm thinking about maybe a book that I write where I actually talk about my life or I create something in music or in art that feels like, man, I've left my whole self out there and it came from inside of me. Um, For someone to say, I don't like it, almost feels like I don't like you. Mm -hmm. That's great. I'm going to pause at this point in the podcast simply to say, I hope you're enjoying this conversation with Dr. Kramer about creativity and courage, but also to invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, to follow us on your favorite podcast platform, and to share this particular episode with a friend. 
I love this quote by Teddy Roosevelt. And, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, you, you two have a lot in common. He was forged through, I know it's okay to share this because you do, but it's forged through a childhood of non-athleticism and he's at the top of his game, just like you are now. And he has this quote that says, it's not the critic who counts, but it's the man in the arena. Hmm. Forget the rest. Something about being marred with blood and sweat. <laughs> but at the end, he says that that person, their place won't be with the cold and timid soul who knows neither victory nor defeat. So it's not the critic who counts, but it's the man or the person in the arena. So you're actually encouraging a certain boldness, a certain tenacity to actually say, be creative regardless of others' responses. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. I, I pause there because there's a sense at there's a certain time for that feedback, hmm. but often it's much further down in the journey than we realize. So I've spent the last three years studying creativity, innovation really deeply. And at the beginning of this process, I said, I don't want to just study this with my mind. I'd like to embody it. So I chose the piano and I said, I want to learn jazz piano because of improvisation and the interaction with innovation. And I've noticed in my own home, no one else's home, I'm playing, but my temptation is still to revert back to that which I know. So if you heard me playing, you say, oh, he's improvising. I'm really not. I've done these same riffs. I've put these same same progressions together. And I've been wondering, why am I so, what was, I can't imagine a scenario that there's less risk, me playing a wrong piano note in my home by myself. But that fear is always there. Interesting. So if you're if you're not watching on our YouTube channel right now, Sean's actually has piano keys on his shirt. You pulled it off. You didn't pull your shirt off, but you pulled it forward and showed, hey, this is this is what I'm wearing. And like that. When did you start learning piano? This is all news to me. Okay, I was classically trained from okay. age five until 15, and then okay. I became too cool for classical music and put it to rest for 15 years. Or, yeah, and so about 30, when I was 30, I picked it back up again. But this shift, it's so interesting, those who are classically trained. My child's piano instructor is classically trained, and I told her, I'm learning jazz, and I took this piece that I knew I didn't, it couldn't play this measure right, so I just made up something else. And she looked at me and she goes, that's fine. And then started twitching. Like, <laughs> like It's obviously not fine. It's ingrained in that tradition that there is a certain way. You could probably argue there's some creativity and tempo and dynamics and yeah. as you think about it, but not in the sense that you can't touch those notes on the page. You know, it's almost like that idea of color outside the lines, right? It almost feels like when you're young and you color outside the lines, uh, you're thinking, oh, I messed up the paper. You crumple it up and you throw it away and you go to the next one, particularly if you're a perfectionist. But coloring outside the lines in many ways is creativity. So I guess we would encourage our viewers and our listeners, what are those areas of your life where you can actually have permission to improvise? If we use the jazz music illustration, color outside of the lines, if we can use the uh, more artistic uh, descriptions and metaphors. But would you say, I'm curious, Sean, would you say that all of us or just some of us are creative. I'm so glad you brought that up. All of us are creative. It's just the medium that's all that matters. For some, it's those areas that we might think of, writing, music, uh, cooking. For others, it's creative problem solving. And that's actually more my vein, the creative problem solving. Looking, I even know people that can look at a spreadsheet and see possibilities that I would never see. And so all of us are creative. It's just a matter of finding that vein. So I'd like to turn the conversation and talk about the practicalities of how we could go about this. We talked about some of the emotions, but they're practicals. The first one is that we need to make every day. Let me tell you two Mm -hmm. stories, one in the negative and then one in the positive. I was meeting with a coworker, we'll name him Mike, 
And he said, Matt, or this co- this uh, friend, and was saying he's living his best life. He's living my best life. He's writing for a TV show. He's writing for a blog. I said, that's interesting, Mike. How many words did you write today? He said, zero. How many words did you write this week? Also, zero. How about this month? Zero. If he were to have switched that, Seinfeld, so my last name's Kramer, have to bring up Seinfeld. Seinfeld vowed at the beginning of his career, every day he will write one bit, one comedic bit. And he said, pretty soon you'll have a few good bits. And then as you put those bits together, you have a segment. And if you put enough segments together, you have a show. And so it doesn't seem that much if he sat down to write one bit. But day after day, a year later, he's got 365 bits putting those together. So make every day. That's my first practical make takeaway. every day. Love I it. have some other ones, but what about you? No, what, I, would, I want to hear all of yours. I mean, you're the expert <laughs> in the room today. Okay, the second one is to consider what we consume. I understand that people need to wind down at the end of their day, but I don't think that needs to be a three-hour-long Netflix binge. And so be mindful, what am I consuming? I have one friend who puts a timer on what he consumes and makes sure that what he's creating outdoes what what he consumes. So be careful what you consume, the amount of it. We talk about dessert, the law of diminishing returns. After three bites of your dessert, there's, there's no more... Return on investment. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Same with, I think, shows or those mm-hmm. other kinds of things that we unwind with. After that 20-minute mark, I don't think there's any more actual unwinding that we do. So uh, We're just, we're just we at that consume. point squashing creativity and numbing our brains from being able to create. Yeah. And the third is probably the most powerful is to create in community. Hmm. Create in community. The Inklings, J.R. Tolkien, C.S. Lewis, they were always bringing their latest writings uh, to the pub, Eagle and Child. And the only reason that Tolkien, which one of the best-selling books beside the Bible, is The Lord of the Rings. Hmm. And none of that would have been published without C.S. Lewis pushing Tolkien to, to publish it. So create in community. And I have a really simple way that people could do that. I call it a dreamer's group. Um, at one time, I was wor- working at increasing early literacy in the city, and I needed some friends And so we got together. We asked three simple questions. The first, how has the dream developed since we met last? Hmm. The second, what have you done since we met last? The third, I bet you could guess, what are you going to do by the time we meet again? Simple questions, but they're powerful because we're creating in community. You know, as I listen to you, obviously those are brilliant. You could write a book on that, Dr. Kramer. Um, But a couple themes come to the surface for me as I listen to you and actually that I would want to emphasize as well is what I'm hearing is this thread of intentionality, which again, I think so much about on a regular basis, the next choice, the intentional choices as opposed to just coasting through life. Because my guess is coasting is going to be the enemy of creativity. And so just coasting through life and not being intentional is going to be obviously a barrier. But then also I love that word courage because what that word resonates in my soul is this idea of risk, going for it, tenacity, refusal to quit and give up. I love the idea of doing things that are hard. And so what you're describing, and even as what I'm hearing, is this is not going to be an easy process. To be your best creative self, you're going to need to take risks, to do hard things, and to be extremely, extremely intentional. Dr. Kramer, I look forward to sitting with you again at some point in the Three Words Podcast. We got to fly you back from Orlando here to Northwest Ohio so we can keep these kind of conversations going. This has probably been one of the most unique conversations we've ever had. 
Thank you so much for being here today. My pleasure. For life coaching, consulting services, or to hire a keynote speaker, please visit dmbcoaching.com.